Communicore Weekly. This is where the theme song is gonna go. Communicore Weekly. We don't have it yet, but it's gonna be awesome. Hi, I'm George from Imagine Nerding. And I'm Jeff from Mice Chat. So, Jeff, this week for our first show, we are going to do what? A glorious three hour tribute to the Bob Around Boats? As much as I really, really have no idea what a bob around boat is, what? no, no, let's let's not do that. Oh, okay. Well, well then, uh, I guess we'll get started with <laughs> what we had planned, right? Yes. Uh, you want to start with this week in Disney history? I would love to start with this week in Disney history, which coincidentally does not involve any bob around boats. <laughs> Yeah, go figure, since we haven't seen them in 30 years, but I don't want to ruin any future surprises. Well, the first date we've got for This Week in Disney History is January 17th, 1913. And this is where Claude Coates is born in San Francisco, California. Uh, You can see a lot of his work in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Fantasia, Cinderella, and Lady and the Tramp. January 19th, 1924, that was the first day that Lillian Bounds from Idaho started working at Disney Studios in Hollywood. Now, the name Lillian Bounds may not sound familiar to anyone. However, Lillian Disney, how about that? She's the future (laughs) wife of Walt Disney. She actually started as an ink and paint girl, and she was making $15 a week. That's pretty pretty crazy. I mean, I, I don't think I can survive off $15 a week now. No, not uh, how would I afford my cell phone bill? Exactly. Uh, I guess That's a then. text message. <laughs> From <laughs> well, on January twentieth of nineteen thirty-six, Adrian Casalotti, who was eighteen years old, recorded her first tracks as the voice of Snow White. Also, January twenty-first, nineteen thirty-five, going back a year, uh, Ollie Johnston uh, is hired by the Disney Studio for seven to- seventeen dollars a week. Uh, he was one of the famous nine old men. Well, next up, Jeff, I wanted to talk about a book. Yes, you know, since, let's uh, talk about books. One we of my favorite read. things in the world are dealing with books, being a, a public librarian and a huge book nerd over at Imagine Nerding. And I thought for our inaugural edition, we should look at Since the World Began by Jeff Curdy. That is a wonderful choice. Yes, it is. Uh, people ask me all the time. Uh, for books about the history of Walt Disney World, they want construction books or stuff detailing you know, how it was built and how it was constructed. And Since the World Began by Jeff Curdy is always my first recommendation. It was published to coincide with the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World back in 97. And uh, obviously it covers the first 25 years of the vacation kingdom of the world. It, it does go back further and looks at how Walt decided to Uh, acquire the land and what brought him to purchase all this land in Orlando. But the meat of the book, the bulk of it really covers 71 to 96. And I I love this resource because Curdy spent a lot of time researching the theme parks, the hotels, and all the recreation options. There are a lot of photographs of long-gone attractions, concept art, models. It's really one of the best books on Walt Disney World, uh, of course, because, you know, you and I, Jeff, haven't written one. Of course, not uh, yet, at least. Not yet, anyways. And it needs to be in everyone's collection. I think this is a great title. And I, I definitely have to agree with George on this. It's one of the best books about uh, the first 25 years of Walt Disney World um, anywhere ever written. And I, I'm really holding out hope on for the 50th anniversary. They're going to release another one. Well, I did speak to Jeff Curdy uh, 
about a year ago or so about doing one for the 40th anniversary, and he did tell me that he talked to the publishers, and they sort of nixed the idea. He thought that they were holding out for a 50th anniversary edition as well, so let's cross our fingers. Fingers are crossed. We only have 10 years to go, so I'm holding out hope. <laughs> yes, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. So what's up next? Next up, we're going to talk about one of the brand new games that's been going on at the Magic Kingdom lately. Uh, just in the testing phase right now, but Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom is sending the Disney fan community into a fury. Whether it be good or bad, it kind of depends on who you're talking to, but uh, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. Um the game is very, very similar to the Kim Possible games that you play in Epcot. However, there's not a lot of uh, interactive props like there is there. It's more akin to the midship detective agency that they have on the new Disney Dream and it, on the new Disney Fantasy Cruise Boat, where they give you a card, or a group of cards, I'm sorry, and you use them to defeat villains uh, throughout the Magic Kingdom um, by using cameras in hidden uh, TV screens throughout the entire park. To me, I think this is a really great new interactive way for people like you and I, uh, who've been there thousands of times and have seen have done everything. This gives us a little new interactive journey to go through and kind of see the park from a, a brand new angle. Sure, um, yeah. I, you know, what you said at the at the first part of the segment about this tearing the... Uh, the Disney internet community apart is it, sort of true. There are so many people that feel like it's 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 almost blasphemous to add these interactive areas and you're changing the fabric of the Magic Kingdom. But, you know, Jeff, all the photographs that I've seen and the videos, uh, the Imagineers did a fantastic job of uh, hiding these, so to speak, right in plain sight. Oh, yeah, they definitely integrated them and themed them directly into all the lands to in such a way where if you weren't playing the game, you would never notice unless you were walking by and saw some kid trying to fight Jafar or something like that. So I, I think it's a, a brilliant idea, and I'm all for it. Anything new and exciting at the Magic Kingdom, I'm all for. Um, and plus, you know, you get to keep all the cards that you get, so free souvenirs. How, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, I think, you know, what you said about this being... A, something else for people to do who may have visited a thousand times or maybe you can get a younger child interested in doing something that's sort of like a video game but isn't a video game uh, and, and there's hope for the future uh, I mean wouldn't that be amazing if you could battle some of the villains at the Magic Kingdom and then take your card over to the Disney Hollywood Studios and continue the battle I mean there's no telling what Disney could do with this yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it I'm not sure uh, uh, if if I'll be doing most of the work, or one of my sons will be doing most of the work, but I'm really looking forward to checking it out. We can say it's your sons, but it'll really be <laughs> us playing the game. You know, of course, that. of course, we can do it that way. We can do it that way. <laughs> so next up, we have this great little segment called the Five Legged Goat. George, tell us about the Five Legged Goat. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited about the Five Legged Goat, Jeff. Uh, the Five Legged Goat is in reference to something that's sort of hidden in the mural of the Grand Concourse, the Grand Canyon Concourse at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. Uh, the reason we're calling it the Five-Legged Goat, the segment, is because we want to look at like a hidden detail every week, something you may not have noticed. Uh, but when the Contemporary Resort was being built, the United States was in the grip of a Southwest Native American theme, which explains why the interior of the hotel is actually called the Grand Canyon Concourse. 
Mary Blair, who is very famous for It's a Small World and a lot of the designs and backgrounds of Disney films, uh, was hired to create the mural for the nine-story lobby. Uh, if you're sitting in the Contempo Cafe side of the large elevator shafts where the murals are, you can look up and see the five-legged goat that Mary created for the mural. And the reason it has five legs is fairly simple. Mary stated that only God could create something perfect, so she added a fifth leg to the goat, which I think is a pretty neat hidden little detail. And I love that she has that nice little personal touch in there, too. I mean, it's not something that anybody's going to notice. You really kind of have to look for it to know, you know, to see it and know it's there. So that's a, a nice little hidden detail of Walt Disney World. Exactly. And there are at least 42,000 others that we can cover. 42,000? Well, that doesn't count Disneyland either. Oh, we have a lot Gosh. to cover. We have a lot to do in this five-legged goat segment. We got 42,000 weeks to go. <laughs> Let's get cracking. We need to start. <laughs> Well, George, I think that about does it for us this week. Oh, yeah, Jeff, I had a fantastic time, and, and I hope all the viewers did. And if they did, make sure you guys leave us a comment at the bottom of the screen here. But if you didn't like it, then uh, uh, this has been Kevin Yee with the WDW Update. And uh, leave us a message there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, right? Perfect. Perfect. Good. Okay. Well, I'm George from Imagine Nerding. And I am Jeff from Mice Chat, and this has been Communicore Weekly. Hegemony. <laughs>